the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures. Yeah, all in the tongue, all in the lips and navels and all these other places I can't call. Just piercing. That's body mutilation. Tattooing all over yourself. Just tattooing. Your body belongs to the Lord. And if you've done it, repent. You see your children looking at your tattoos now. Say, you know what? That's when I was worldly, unsaved, or spiritually immature. But I'm trying to save you some of the, some of my bad experiences. Because many, many parents are tattooed, right? A, a level with them. Because they say, well, you got one. But tell them, I made a foolish mistake. And if I could repeat it, I would not do it again. I am so sorry. And I don't want you to make the same mistake that I made. Do you hear me? Dating. 12 years old talking about I'm in love. You don't even know what love is. Parental guideline. I'm in love. Love. Middle school. All that stuff these kids are doing in middle school. Elementary school. Listen, don't you wait, parent. Well, I'm going to wait till my child gets 16 talk about birds and bees. You better talk about it when they're seven and eight nowadays. Real young, because somebody else going to feel their ears if you don't tell them early. You better, get them, you better give them heads up. With all this technology and stuff that they can see now, you better level with them as soon as you can. And technology, when they got access to technology, we didn't have when we were their age. Parents, what's the purpose of your children age 16 or below having email accounts or Facebook pages? Huh? Let me ask you another question. I didn't say they couldn't have it, but what's the point? And what is the purpose? You got a kingdom purpose? Then so be it. But if not, how young is too young for them to have one? I heard some spiritual giants, supposed to be, and they were talking about how their children at seven and eight years old got email accounts and Facebooks. What on this side of heaven does a child at seven and eight years old need with an email account? Facebook, do you, don't you know that giving them too much access to social media positions them to be exploited and taken advantage of? Too much, too soon can destroy your children and you are an accomplice to their end. I know it's not popular, but you better count the cost when you start handing stuff. 
Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6, 4b says, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So you got child parent confusion. Then we got confusion in the church. Oh, how y'all saying? Uh Uh-oh. God ordained roles of pastors, bishops, and elders in the church. There's a, there's a confusion in the church as it relates to leadership. Look how quiet it's getting now. All right, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to preach everything in the Bible. Y'all omit something, I'm going to preach it all. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, 2. Hey, go and turn it. Now, I know you're having a hard time turning, but go on and turn it. And then verse 5. The God-ordained role of pastors, bishops, and elders in the church. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be what? Blameless. The husband of one wife. How can a woman be the husband of one wife? Okay. I don't understand what people are doing. It it, it confounds me. I I see here a husband of one wife. Is he man? Huh? If verse five, if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Whether you're pastor, elder, or bishop. Titus chapter one, verses five through seven says, turn to Titus. I want y'all to turn to every scripture I can get you to turn to. Look, don't you get mad at me. You get mad at God. I didn't write this book. I'm just a messenger. I'm the mailman. Okay, y'all ready? Some of y'all, I can't find it, so you don't want to find it. Find it. Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order. Underline this, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. In other words, uh, Paul is telling Titus, there's some things you got to set in order. There's some confusion in leadership in the church down there. And I need you to set this in order before I come down there and straighten some things out. I want to look. So, see, y'all say, I never saw that. So, so he says, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders. See, elders, bishop, pastors, those are interchangeable and they are synonymous. In every city, as I commanded you. Verse 6 If a man is blameless, the hus- there it is again, in case you thought that the husband of one wife having Faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine. Can't be out here drunk and having dreams in alcoholism. Not violent, striking. You got some preachers who hit their members. Not greedy for money. Some of them are just hirelings. They just milk the church for every dime the church get. That's why the church can't get nowhere. Notice, now listen to me closely. I want y'all to hear me in the spirit of God from the word of God. Notice that all of the qualifying adjectives in Timothy and Titus are masculine for the role of pastor, bishops, and elders, which means overseer and one who shepherds, cares, and tends the needs of the flock of God. The example of Christ calling 12 male apostles, a number of whom became leaders in the New Testament church, 
substantiates the fact that God intends for the authority in the church to be the responsibility of men. Now, let me go to the God-ordained role of deacons in the church. Then with leadership, the God-ordained role of deacon in the church. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. 8 through 13. Likewise, deacons, say deacons, must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to wine. Well, your wine is a problem. Drinking and all this drinking and getting drunk in leadership. You know, as you say, not much wine. You know, not given to mo- for money, holding the mystery of the faith with pure conscience, but let them also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. In other words, when their name come up, it's not a major negative associated with that name. Verse 11, look what it says. Likewise, they're what? Which means a deacon is to be a what? Huh? Y'all can't, y'all can't, uh, wait, what's that word? They're what? Which is indicative of the fact that a deacon mu- must be a what? I don't see anything about women deacons here. Must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife. You say, why so much going on? A lot of people do things because everybody else do it, doing it, or they do it because of peer pressure, or they do it because of the feminist movement and all these things. Look, it says he should be ruling, they should be ruling their children and their own houses well. For those who have served well as deacons, obtain for them a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Here in this passage, deacon are men and their wives are deaconesses who assist their husbands in ministering to the needs of the congregation. Okay? All right. All, all the amens dried up. I, all that excitement is gone now. Oh, my goodness. Look how quiet it is. Uh, Lord, you hear me, don't you? Okay. As Pastor Rander continues the most beautiful love story ever told from the best resource ever written, he conveys the role of the husband and wife in marriage. Marriages founded upon and lived out according to the word of God are marriages that last till death do us part and set the God-ordained marital foundation for generations to come. Listen as Pastor Rander continues to feed our hearts, minds, and souls with this sacred truth from God's word. Now let me go to the, let me go to the God, let me go to the God-ordained. A lot of people don't want to touch this. It's hot potato. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. The God-ordained role of women in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. It says, for God is not the author of confusion. And that's what we have in churches today. It's confusion, the reversal of roles, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. He's talking to the Corinthian church now. You know. Let your women keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak. But they are to be submissive. As the law also says. And if they want to learn something. Let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shameful. It is shameful for women to speak in church. Now you say come on explain all this. I will. During that time. 
During that time, in that culture, women were treated as second-class citizens. They were prohibited from even learning in the church. Paul was not against women learning the word of God because they needed to know the word just like men. However, some women in the church were vocal and asking questions in the Corinthian assembly. And Paul responds by saying, let them ask their husbands at home. In other words, don't usurp the authority of your husband. I've been pastoring almost 30 years. And in my pastorage, men have certainly had their issues. God knows that in the church many of which have been absolutely devastating. However, I've also observed that women historically have been more outspoken and even disruptive in the church gathering and ministries, such as in the choir, in food ministries, in business meeting. I remember my young pastorate, uh, the first church I pastored. I mean, when I went to the first business meeting, I said, what? In this side of heaven that I wouldn't. Women walking all up and down, shaking their fists in my face and fingers in my face and prancing and just acting a fool. Women. In the, I've seen women tear up business meeting while their husbands sit there quieting like he's henpecked. I'm talking from personal experience. I've seen pastors' wives tear up the church. I've seen preachers' wives tear up the church. And I've seen deaconesses tear up the church. I've seen some of them didn't have official positions, but they were influential women who had Jezebel spirits wreaking havoc in the church or undermining the leadership through gossip, slander, and possessing a contentious and subversive spirit in the church. Let me go on. You say, well, that's just in that scripture. Okay, well, fair game. Well, what about 1 Timothy chapter 2? Verses 11 through 14. He didn't mean that. Okay, well, turn over here. Look at, let the Bible speak. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Look what it says. First uh, Timothy 2, 11 through 14. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over man, over man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first. That's back into Genesis where I'm just preaching, where I'm preaching. Then Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Now, I want you to hear me again. Listen closely. I know you listening. I don't have submission here. When he says submit, submission here, it means to rank under. Say rank under. Just because God assigned male leadership in his church doesn't devalue the tremendous role of women in ministry in the early church. And neither does it diminish the role and ministry of women in the church today. Women have a valuable ministry in the Lord's church. For example, Christ first appeared to the ministry is so valuable until listen at this. For example, Christ first appeared to Mary Magdalene and her two companions right after his resurrection before he appeared to any of the men. Huh? He valued women. And so must we today. Paul made very large use of helpers like Lydia in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. Phoebe, he made very, spoke well of Phoebe in the church in Romans 16, 1 and 2. 
Uh, he spoke well of Mary, Trifina, and Trifosa. What names? <laughs> Were the Lord's workers in, in Romans 16, chapter 6, and verse 12a. Then Paul spoke well of Judea and Syntyche in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. The value they brought to Paul in that church. And spoke of their sterling servants service with deep appreciation. And most of all, you think women don't have a valuable ministry? Huh, I got some news for you. And most of all, through the womb of Mary was born the Savior of the world. And you can't get no, listen, you can't get any bigger than that. You can't, through the womb of Mary, huh, came the Christ child who was a man born through a virgin. God chose a woman to do that. Therefore, women have immense value and have made wonderful contributions for the Lord's church. Some people take these scriptures that I've read and they, they hold them in the strictest sense to the hurt of the church. There are some churches women can't even usher. They can't greet. They can't pray. They can't do anything. That is absolutely wrong. Here, listen, here in San Antonio, we have a huge military population. And you who serve know that rank has to do with order and authority, not with value and ability. A general has more rank than a colonel. It doesn't mean that one with the higher, the one with the higher rank is more valuable. It only means that the general has more rank and therefore more authority. This is not to be taken in the strictest sense that women are not to speak at all in the church. I'm not saying that at all. At Maranatha, my wife on down, women come up to do many things before the congregation. But this passage has to do with women not teaching, preaching, or exercising authority over men, even though they may be gifted Bible teachers. This verse also does not prohibit women from teaching other women and women teaching children, nor does it prohibit them from teaching individual men on a personal basis, as Priscilla, along with her husband Aquila, taught Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verse 26. Confusion comes when there is a role, a reversal of roles from God's intended design. Paul gives clear instructions for women in ministry. You say, what are the instructions? For women in ministry, I tell you what they are. I let the scripture talk. In 1 Timothy 5, 14, turn, turn to 1 Timothy 5, 14. Look what it says. 1 Timothy 5, 14. When you finally say amen. Therefore, I desire that. Here, here's what he's saying to women. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Look in Titus. He tells you the instructions to women in Titus. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Look what it says. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they 
admonish the young women in love, to love their husbands, to love their children. Your instructions, women, to be discreet, to be chaste, to be homemakers, to be good. In other words, be good. It says, now to be good, be obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Allow me to say something very personal from here to you on such a, an issue that's tearing up the church. It used to be tongues, but now it's women in ministry. Allow me to say something personal here. Just because there is disagreement in the body of Christ on a large scale on the role of women in ministry does not give us the right to act out of the flesh, to become divisive, disgruntled, upset, and angry. This kind of attitude grieves the Holy Spirit. I personally have close relatives and lifetime friends that have become women preachers, and I know that women preachers, and I know that there are women preachers right here in the congregation, this congregation, and some of you have very close relatives who are women preachers. I have preached personally at churches where women preach before the body of Christ, and I also have had pastors who have preached here at Maranatha who does not hold my position. However, we have a mutual respect and love for one another, and it has not changed the dynamics of our relationship one bit. I have to, as pastor, stand and answer to God for my position on this issue as God has revealed it to me from Scripture. St. Augustine had it right when he said, I'm going to repeat it a couple of times, in essentials, unity. In doubtful matters, liberty. In all things, charity. Love. Repeat after me. In essentials, unity. In doubtful matters, liberty. In all things, charity. That's love. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. We realize that the role reversals and everything goes all the way back to Genesis 2. Father, I love you. I love your word. I love your church. And I'm not afraid nor ashamed to tread through areas of scriptures that are hot button issues that many take issue with and even act out of the flesh and grieve your spirit. It is my prayer, O oh God, that People not follow people, but people be like the Bereans. Search the scripture to see if these things are true. Father, I am your spokesperson. Flavored hours, just making sure I convey it in such a way, with such clarity, that people will see written scripture for themselves. It is my responsibility to share it. And Father, I realize one day I must stand before you and give an account to every message I have preached. 
And it is my prayer, O Lord, that I hear you say, servant, well done. Help us to let your word be supreme and not the words of people, not popular opinion, not political correctness, none of these things, not not peer pressure because everybody else is doing it. But the bottom line is what does the scripture say in Jesus name? And all God's children said, you heard the message. It is a moment of decision. And God is calling you to salvation if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Salvation comes through Christ alone. Grace alone. Faith alone. And if you were to die today, can you be absolutely sure that you know without a doubt that you are saved without a doubt? And that if you were to die, you go to be with Jesus in heaven. Because the real issue is salvation. And so many times we fall out over issues that are not heaven and hell issues. What matters is all you saved. And are you in right standing with God and living the Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit? If you have a burning desire to get right with God, even though you've wandered from the faith, you want to come back and uh, restore what the, and see God restore what the locusts have eaten. We welcome you today. You're here today and you love hearing the word cut straight and hollering ouch. And hey, the truth is the truth. The Bible says in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Then you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. What we need today is people who are bold enough to take a stand for Christ. God is calling you. Or perhaps you're without a church home and you know not to save you. God is saying, come home, my child. Come home. Pastor Rander concludes this message by sharing spiritual wisdom regarding the God-ordained role of the husband and wife in marriage, children and parental responsibility in the family, and pastors, bishops, elders, deacons, and women in the church. There is no question that God sanctified marriage. He ordained and blessed it in the beginning. If we desire to experience joy in marriage, we must follow God's lead. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.